Last time on Video Night. <laughs> this is amazing. And now. Video Night. Hello, Michael. Hi. It seems you've entered into my... I, what, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to do, you know, that low booming... You have failed me for the last time. That sort of thing, but... Why am I even bothering with that? I don't know. It's just a bad knockoff. Yes, every single one of these movies, these Star Wars influenced films, always have a very proper British man on the good side. <laughs> and then they always have... So you're doing Catherine Hepburn. Am I? Whatever. Um, <laughs> I was talking dirty with the Jimmy Stewart <laughs> voice Star earlier this week, Wars. so... More like a hard off. <laughs> Alright, so... Yeah, the Star Wars knockoffs. Everybody's like, uh, new Star Wars. I don't know if everybody, we just make these... Do they say it in that voice? Everybody... The new Star Wars. Still, that's like that's like one of the nerdy... It is, but what I'm finding now are the bros. Yo, dude, Star Wars? Like, this is literally what happened at the library. Or at the library. I don't go to the library. I don't even know how to read, people. No, I went to the gym, and I'm working out, and there's this one guy who likes to do these stupid things, like, while I'm pressing a lot of weight, you know, a whole 20 pounds, he will come up to me and go, <laughs> What's up, dude? How you been? You seen any new Star Wars trailer? <laughs> Looks good, doesn't it? Hey, why have they never made a yellow lightsaber and i'm like uh because it probably looked like a stream of pee oh yeah that'd be cool more like lightning though but yeah piss saber that'd be cool all right thank you bye mellow yellow sword yep he literally said piss saber and i thought it was cool so <laughs> yeah there's there's it's not just the nerds dude it's, so, it's the bros right. too so it's bros well it's been it's so popular okay so my big brother is a bro a biker he was once a heavy metal dude jock Football, volleyball, Southern California sports, you know. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, you said Southern California. Was he a bro or was he a bruh? What's up, bruh? No, 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 no. He was, he probably just say, said bro, but he was a metalhead, okay. right? He was a metalhead in a band called Savage Child and they never practiced and they never played. Hey, that sounds like maybe, us. Maybe they, We had maybe a band name, never practiced. Bronson Stash, great name for a band. It helps if you actually do stuff together. Yeah, yeah. So he had a bass. I co-opted that bass for a little bit and whatever. He was a big, not at all dorky like me. I'm dorky. My middle brother was the nerd. He's like a Doctor Who guy. And I'm the little brother. So the big brother it was totally the bro dude. Whoa. I have and known you for a decade. He's the guy that loves Star Wars. How is this the first I've heard of a third brother? I've known you for a decade. <laughs> oh, because that one hasn't traumatized my life. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we, first off, I've known you for a decade, but two, I've done the show with you for five years and we talk a lot of personal stories. And when he said middle yeah. brother, I was like, oh, hold on, what? What? Huh? Did what? you just retcon your whole life, buddy? <laughs> no, no, that's... That was a thud. That I've always gotten along with. Okay. Big brother I don't get along with, or I hadn't gotten along with very well for a long time. But he's totally the, the Star Wars bro. Yeah, like you said. And he's always been that way. He saw it in America in 77 when it came out. I didn't. I saw Empire Strikes Back in Italy in a school auditorium, Armed Forces School Auditorium, NATO. They had Empire Strikes Back and what my dad did during the scene where everybody thought that there was more to see than actually was. You know, when Darth Vader's helmet comes off uh -huh. for the first time and the camera's behind him. He's in that weird eggshell thing and it pops open and you see the helmet come down on top of his scabby head. Well, my dad turned on the light because all the kids were being rambunctious. Okay. So everybody thought that they actually missed oh, the reveal of God. Gotcha. Darth Vader. Was that Rod Steiger? I don't know. They, no, they were so mad, though. Oh. Oh. And my dad's like, 
kids. That's so weird that you saw movies like this. Now, for me, I never saw any of the Star Wars movies in the theater, even though I remember them. (laughs) Many opportunities with Return of the Jedi, every spring break, every... You know, they did like two or three times a year where they would bring it back for a week or two. And somehow I never got to see any of these in the theater. Return of the Jedi I didn't see until home video and TV syndication, whatever. You know, the major... Reruns, yeah, yeah. Wherever, like... And so I saw... The return and I loved that. I always loved that. I even had a little baby Ewok, not a small shrunk down the Ewok. The plush ones, yeah, we had mar- those. Marketed as a baby Ewok. Yep. Now, if you were to get an Ewok doll at Universal Studios, you couldn't get one. Uh, <laughs> Disney, you would get just a shrunk down regular Ewok, but it's a baby size. This was actually the baby. In like 86, I had one of these things and I, I was always like, I want a little furry animal. Just give me a furry animal. <laughs> So I even had like uh, having driven cross country and hit uh, like tourist traps where they sell rabbit pelts. I talked my parents into getting me a rabbit pelt because I just really like rabbit fur. Yeah, you're starting to turn to like a Lenny thing here. Those octopi rabbits. (laughs) Right. Well, now I have a cat, and cat fur is a specific kind of cats. Cat fur is very similar to rabbit fur, so it feels nice. So I love my kitty, petting my kitty. I've always been like that, so I always had like this like Ewok around for. Now, did you have the toys, or is that a thing that wasn't really readily available in you know uh, Europe? Oh no, no, no! They were around all the time. Really? Okay. Here's another Star Wars anecdote before we dive into the ripoffs. In Holland, we were, maybe it wasn't Holland, it was Belgium, I think. There were these uh, sand, li- limestone mines where these monks would go in with their lights and there was a tale of a monk getting lost and he had to feel his way out and he never made it out. That's how deep they got. Yeah, that terrifies his When they found him, his fingers were ground to the bone type of thing because he was feeling his way out. And it's a terrible story, but we did that tour. Ah! We come back. We come back out. We go to the gift shop, and the gift shop had regular gift shop stuff. Oh, you know, like your little to-go catacombs kind of little things. You know, yeah, skulls, tchotchkes uh, that are. Uh, I mean, they're European, so you have uh, spoons with the little emblem on it. And my mom grabbed like three or four of them because they all say something else. And I see a rack of Star Wars toys. <laughs> In this gift shop. This gift shop for a limestone mine. And there's Star Wars toys. And I see Forlom, which is a C-3PO body, dark gray, and he has a fly or an ant head. And that is interesting to me, and that's from Empire Strikes Back. And I always wanted that. And my mom was like, I ask your dad. My dad was like, no, you don't need it. And I was like, oh! And then I had never seen it in the store ever since, right? So, for the longest time, I was like, well, I wanted that Forlom. That's like the only Star Wars character I ever wanted. Really? Okay. Yes. I had that yes. one, so, by the way, oh, just to rub it in yeah. your face. I have one now, but I'm getting there. I was just grumpy about it for the longest time, but I wasn't like a tantrum kid, so I was just like would mention it every so often. And then as an adult, my mom's like trying to, she's like, that's a Star Wars thing. Let's get it for him since we didn't get him that one. <laughs> so she once got me a mouse, a Stormtrooper computer mouse. It, it was a terrible mouse. It didn't work very well. But But just like the stormtroopers. Did it his laser point straight? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every time I tried to click on something, it would miss. <laughs> so eventually I looked up on eBay and I found a, a, a loose forlom, so I have that on my desk right now and I'm happy. I'm happy. That's the only Star Wars character I ever wanted. That's it. 
And I hope he shows up in the newest Star Wars Mandalorian thing. That would be neat. I had a massive, massive collection. And I don't know about you, but I didn't bail on Star Wars, even when it wasn't popular anymore. I bailed on everything else because people would just make fun oh, of me. I did. Like Transformers and G.I. Joe, I ended up selling all those for baseball cards. And I'm like, wow, baseball card. I can look at this for, I'm done. But the Transformers, I just held in bins. Like just, I held on to them forever until I needed money for college. And I sold them. I sold some of them before I went off to college. And then I sold the rest of them when Attack of the Clones came out, knowing that it was probably going to suck and that the mm. heat on star wars was going to die off so i figured i was going to sell them i better do it now so that's when i sold all them, but i held them for way longer and i had all the comic books from star wars that built on the mythos which i absolutely love i revisited it. it's great but i never bailed on where a lot of people i think kind of secretly kept it there until all of a sudden we got the re-releases of the movies the re-release of the toy lines and all of a sudden it just it exploded well i bailed when i was like 19 uh it was again return of the jedi was on and i was drawing i was in my room and i bailed on it right then because it was a scene with han solo going to princess leia saying oh you can you can tell him but you can't tell me and she's like he's he's my brother oh, oh. well that whole sequence was so terribly acted and I wasn't looking. I was just listening. Uh -huh. So I didn't have any of the scenery or whatever to distract me from the terrible acting. I had their voices and I looked up and I was like, oh no, this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> and then I pay, just paid attention to the rest of the movie from that point on. And it's still probably my favorite one. But I parted ways with my allegiance to it. I was like, I do not have to be faithful yeah. to this. I was burnt out when I watched Star Wars around 2013. I said that going, I think I've had enough of this. I'm good. I don't need to watch this anymore. Yeah, that was 93 or 94 when that happened. Yeah. So I was just like, eh. Well, you're much more mature than I am, Andrew. It's clearly. <laughs> uh, we, we discussed this. I am the fool of the show, even though he doesn't agree with me. So I've decided no, to. No, not a fool. I am the useful doofus. So I'm going to take on this That's very right. sophisticated you... <laughs> voice. I'm going to change my name to Maxwell Kincaid, the film critic. Uh, let's talk about Star Wars ripoffs. <laughs> useful doofus is pretty good. Yeah. So that's your new podcast when you branch off and just talk about any old thing instead of just movies. That's when you're the personality. Yeah. It would be. We know what the show's Michael called. Michael Cook. You. Useful doofus. No, no. You. You. It's a secret. I'm not letting it out yet because I don't want some asshole to steal the name. But there is a show coming up in uh, February that's a spinoff. And, uh, no, I'm talking about when you're much more mature. That's never going to happen. I'll be dead. I'll be dead. We all know this. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll be, I'll be like 83. Uh, pour my finger. <laughs> oh, my teeth fell out. Where'd they go? So Star Wars was uh, super influential, as we all know. And a lot of people are probably talking about spinoffs and side stories and uh, the Ewoks. dead media yeah, like and that. whatever. But... We're going to be talking about the ripoffs and hopefully some that people don't really talk about too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word ripoff. Ripoff always seems Knock like kind of a cynical, but it's, 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 it's definitely the Star Wars influence. Yes, yes. So the first, uh, I think it's chronological, ain't it? We usually it's do chronological Japanese film. The message from space. <laughs> okay, there, Shatner. What was that pause? From a captive planet, two million light years away came a desperate plea for help. Message from space. On the verge of extinction, the leader of the persecuted Jalusians sends his beautiful granddaughter to find the eight legendary brave adventurers who alone can stop the annihilation. No! I'm a human being from the planet Earth! Never before has the screen erupted with more spectacle, 
more excitement message from space where fantasies are real and reality is fantastic. An international cast headed by Vic Morrow. I buried my career in orbit. A phantasmagoria of sights, sounds, and space-age technical achievements that must be seen to be believed. Message from space. From space. Uh, I don't know what the hell no, this movie's about. I love I don't, I've seen this movie oh. a couple times. I have no idea what this is about. Uh, all right, all right. So this is the one where I'm going to do all the lifting. Yay! Got it. Because I'm weak. Crunch. I'm crunching my knuckles. Crunch, crunch. So, first off, Star Trek also could have been seen as one of those, we got to make a movie because because Star Wars just did this, so let's get on it. So, Star Trek, the motion picture. That thing was made, and it was absolutely nothing like anything uh, Star Wars. It uh, made a lot of money, and then uh, people hated it. <laughs> but it's actually, I, I maintain that it's actually a good movie. I'm just but, bored uh, by it. Direct- it's beautiful but boring. Yeah, yeah the director's cut is, is pretty good. But that actually probably has more to do with the next movie that we were talking about. But first, Message from Space, the Japanese one, is a retelling of a Japanese story, like folklore or like fairy tale, I guess, I suppose. Um, have you heard of, and I don't know this much about it, but it reminds me of this. Do you know the story of Monkey? Oh, yeah, yeah. The ones, like, Jet Li. Journey to the West. Jet Li was in a couple of those movies, right? I don't think Jet Li was in a Monkey movie, but he was once upon a time in China. Those were those I movies. Thought, what but, was the uh, Forbidden Kingdom? Wasn't that the Monkey King? Is that what we're talking about? The, not... the Legend of the Monkey King? Okay, maybe he was in, like, a movie with a white kid going there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, okay, yes, yes, probably that. Uh, but that's something I haven't seen. But the story of monkey they they made a television series and then they dubbed that in english but they pretty much only showed it in the uk <laughs> so the gorillas is inspired by uh, monkey in fact damon alburn did an opera called monkey and jamie hewlett did the artwork for monkey so it's a very influential story uh they've made a bunch of big budget movies now and they're all heavy fantasy one of those stories though was an anime called Dragon Ball Z. Uh-oh. You know about Dragon Ball Z, yeah? I know Any? of it. Okay, so Dragon Ball Z, a lot of our listeners know it because they're nerds and they watch anime. I'm sure of it, especially if they're in Europe. So Dragon Ball Z, they have these Dragon Balls and they're dispersed among the universe. Some people are going to try to find them. Some people do find them and stuff like this. But it is reminiscent of this story. Okay. Message from Space has these eight Liame seeds that are dispersed through the universe. But those find various people and those people are supposed to team up like a magnificent seven similar to yes even battle beyond the stars another ripoff that everybody talks about yeah you know you could say it's a ripoff of seven samurai but it didn't get greenlit based on that it got greenlit because of star wars yes yes so it was space magnificent seven which was the ripoff of seven samurai so that's battle beyond the stars very popular very well liked super cheap cheesy corman movie but it's the most expensive corman movie yep and so, still to this day probably it's still oh it was wow, it cost two million dollars to make yeah and it's one of two the- million dollars to make and it probably reaped much more than that in return because he keeps on chopping up the footage and handing out all the special effects shots so that they can be used in even worse science yeah fiction. and the score i've heard that score nine thousand times so battle beyond the stars also feels a little bit like this movie, Message, Message from Space, which is uh, metal rulers, literally people made out of metal rulers come and try to take over the, a planet, and that planet sends off the seeds, and the seeds land in these hotshot pilot kids, jets, and a princess's jet, 
and crash them all, and then they team up, and then slowly they gradually accrue a bunch of fighters. Vic Morrow isn't explicitly in it. Well, you know, he was a gun for hire back then. This is when he was really starting to head into the Italian films. Just It was kind of the end of his career. Right, so this is the Japanese thing, though. Which yeah, is, you know, I guess... Stranger. It's toy. And it's also, by the way, speaking of the most expensive thing produced by a company, Yeah. this, at the time, was the most expensive Film Wasn't this made at the toy. same exact time as Virus, which was also an epic disaster where they hired a bunch of American actors who were kind of on the fringe, you know, you know, Chris. I think Virus came out in 80. Okay. I think. But it's the same concept where they started like, let's get some American actors in this. And of course that would blow up with Golden Harvest when they started doing like Cannibal Run and stuff like that. Sure. Okay. Mega Force. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> they also did that with the original Godzilla and Godzilla oh, right. by the law. Yeah. Original Godzilla when they released it stateside and a couple of the other Godzilla movies they had they cast Russell Tamlin in it. Oh yeah 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 the uh, yeah, one of the Gargantuan so, ones. But that's, so that's like a, an American cut of it you know American international cut so they would do that a lot but this they actually hired this wasn't like inserted they hired like a couple of American actors and including in the cantina scene and you didn't believe me. I did not believe you I thought you were so full of it when you told me. Chris Isaac and then I proved it. And you were like, yep, that's his profile. And that's all he is, is a profile in that scene. He looks about as young as he did when he, his career started booming in music reaction. He doesn't so. look that old now. It's just surprising. <laughs> right. So that's what I'm saying. He's got some good genes there. And that was 1978? Yeah, something like that. But this actually made a spinoff. What? Into a television series that just had everybody cast was it called messages from space you've got messages from space i don't know what uchi kara no messiji oh yeah that's a that's a name you've got messages okay so a couple of notable things about this of course vic morrow sonny chiba is uh, hans hans <laughs> gruber <laughs> no he's hans he's the guy with the broken horn helmet yeah yeah and he's just a swordsman who kicks butt all over the place. There's another American actor in this, and I don't know his name, yeah. but he's from North There's... and South, which I've seen like 900 times. And I just kept expecting Philip... like a southern accent to come out of him. Philip Kazanoff. Peggy Lee Brennan. The rest are Japanese, except for there's one who is Japanese, but he's an important actor. I quite like him. He's been active in acting since 1965. He is now 59 years old. Hiroyuki Sanada. He is known for the original Ring movie. Okay. Of course, he's he's also one of the hotshot pilots here. But he started making his momentum here in America when he did The Last Samurai. And then he did Sunshine. Speed Racer, Rush Hour 3, The Wolverine. Okay, the okay. Japanese Wolverine movie. 47 Ronin, the movie Life that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So this is just one of those glue guys that not, he's not a household name, but he's in all these big studio movies that I've seen and that I like, and I don't, I couldn't tell you what it, I'm, what's, what's his name again? We'll look him up. Hiroyuki Sanada. Okay. How do you spell that? H-I-H-I. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Don't do this on the air. I'm just being ridiculous. H-I-R. So he actually, okay, so there's something that we noticed. There's an age, and it's it's separate age for everybody, but especially with men, there's an age that happens where that man hits his prime, and it's not when he's young. It isn't when he's the young, beautiful Zac Efron from the high school musical. No, it's somewhere much later, like when he's in his 40s or 50s or something. And right now, Hiroyuki is a very handsome oh, dude. Yeah. But when he was in this movie, when he was in this movie, he was 
just kind of a nondescript hotshot Japanese kid. He's just kind of looks meh. Wow, he's playing Scorpion yeah, in the new Mortal Kombat. Wow. Yeah, you wouldn't have expected him to grow up looking as cool as he does is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, you have issues with this film. Tell me what they are. The only thing, I, I just literally have no idea what's going on. I love the special effects and it moves at a good pace, but I said they're just Okay, going. what are the special effects that you like? Come on. Uh, They were pretty and they were not... not no, Come no. on, what are no, they? No, I just... Uh, what, I, I think the Japanese really have a handle on making really high quality miniatures oh or yeah i watched i watched something earlier today because i'm a, apparently i hate myself uh when it comes to star wars ripoffs i was uh, watching the canadian remake of hg wells the shape of things to come uh boy when it comes to miniatures in a in i don't know canada and compared to japanese uh style what year in 1979 or 80. I can't, I'm pretty sure it's 80. Okay, okay. I got and it. And I kept going, no, I can tell those are toys. Those are just toys. There's no weight to them. <laughs> there, there's no real... It just looks like a piece of plastic. Japanese miniatures just look so much better. The detail, the depth to them. And they're not the same as, like, the way that, uh, say that James... Lucas did well, yeah, and James Cameron did them for Battle Beyond the Stars. I just feel like there's... I, I still know, I know the miniatures because I know the language of film, but at the same time, I was like, these are really well done, and the editing and pacing, they, they took the concept that Lucas did, his fine yeah. old fighter pilot, you know, movies, and, and, sh and how they were filmed, and yeah. that's how they film it, instead of this awe-inspired, which is what bothers me a lot about Star Trek, the motion picture, is there's no sense of urgency, they're just like, look at this glacial thing move across the stream, <laughs> or, or like... No, it, the problem... The the deal with that is that it's just that big. Yeah, and a lot of times... <laughs> and also, if they go warp inside that thing, they don't know what they're going to hit. Yeah. Well, so it, that's why it's so slow. And, but you know, do we... Can we not just fade forward a little bit <laughs> in time? Yeah, so that I that's what I like I about it. it. You know, there's certain movies that I've seen. I'm not a huge fan of Japanese films. I'll tolerate some Godzilla movies here and there. Gunhead had ex excellent like miniatures and special effects and stuff like that. But I think the problem is with a lot of it is, and it could be a language barrier, but the way, way that's translated over it bugs me sometimes but their way of telling a story is different than how american directors tell a story and i think that's where it loses me a little bit okay the human element seems to be uh, the english translation yeah. of message from space is absolutely incomprehensible okay you're right and that's the one i watched yeah so did i i mean i mean i can figure it out but it's really a mess the dialogue's dumb everything's pretty dumb as far as the translation goes but since there were American actors on there, that's actually American dialogue, you know? That's not dubbed. So, anyway, they do have an R2-D2 type character there, which is ridiculous. Looks like a fancy trash can. More so than R2-D2 did. But this is like an anime in space. It really is like an early sci-fi Oh, yeah, well, especially the way they designed the robot. Now, like I was saying with The Shape of Things That Come and some other movies like this where they design a robot, they always look like just a dude in a costume with rubber arms. And in the way it moves, it's just so, like, sure. robotic. Yeah. It kind of has that in this, too. But I think the design is more appealing to the eye. Well, it follows similar pill-shaped design or trash can design, similar to R2-D2. But it does have arms. <laughs> it's like like tube arms. But okay, let's get to one more thing. The big spaceship that they have is based on a boat. An actual ship. And this is a thing that 
happens a lot in anime. That's weird, right? They really they want to keep to the naval concept, <laughs> the concept of navy, right? So that's I get it, spaceship. By the way, LB and I were talking the other day, and she said space boats, and I think that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Quick, get to your space boat. Yeah, you think it's one of the funniest. <laughs> Batten down the hatches. That's why there was that. We'll die that if we little... don't, sir. <laughs> space boats. You, what if really we said I was taken aboard their space boat instead of spaceship? Yeah. Like the aliens come and abduct us. Yep. That sounds like, like what if that was our vernacular? Release that the space dinghy. Just boat, boat, space boat. Anyway, sorry, beating that one into the ground. But yes, it has sails and it's, it looks dumb. Uh, this big sailboat in space. That's the dumbest thing in this movie, I think, other than the incomprehensible dialogue and the disco-ness of the cantina scene. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of disco in these Star Wars ripoffs. I've noticed. It's, it's, you know that track? You know the remix Star Wars track? Where like, dun, dun, oh, dun, yeah. And it's like, like the boogie thing or whatever. Yeah. I feel like everybody said, we gotta do that with our score. Yeah. That's very, I think that's an Italian influence. Yeah, well, it's also Buck the Rogers. Italian. There's a whole episode where it's yeah. called Vegas in Space, which I think is a movie, Vegas in Space. But Well, even Battlestar Galactica has this whole gambling yeah. thing. Uh, it's adapted into a movie, but it was actually like two episodes way down in the first series. But when it was released in Europe, the Battlestar Galactica thing was released as a movie. Yeah, that's... And it was... Did that ever like bother you? Four episodes. The Battlestar Galactica started off so dead serious, and then all of a sudden they got nervous, and like, we gotta disco this up. Ugh. Well, I mean, there was the time, but... Uh, Thank God yeah, it didn't come out in 1999, where they're like, okay, everybody's gotta be like, all oh, Limp biscuit up. <laughs> everybody's gotta do rap metal and wear new, bright colors and, and blonde tips. <laughs> oh, gosh. But uh, that... Battlestar Galactica episode that was turned into that international release movie did creep me out because it had those bug people who harvested people. They just put them in cocoons and ate them. Ew. Yeah. Sucked them yeah, 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 yeah. And that was for syndicated television or, or NBC or something. So, uh, the next thing is interesting because, uh, they didn't have a relationship at the time. Star Wars, Lucasfilm, and Disney. Uh, it's the black hole. There is an inexorable force in the cosmos where time and space converge. A place beyond man's vision, but not his reach. It is the most mysterious and awesome point in the universe where the here and now may be forever. On my ship, you ask. It is unavoidable through space, swallowing everything in its path, radio waves, light. Are you programmed to speak? Even planets and stars. I was so absolutely certain I had seen and did not like, and I watched it, and I was going, oh, no, I've never seen any of this. Not even a single minute of it. What was I thinking? Oh. I've never seen this movie what? before. I, I'm actually shocked. Yeah. I'm so convinced I'd seen it and didn't like it. Guess what? Uh, this morning when I watched The Shape of Things to Come, that's the movie that I thought I didn't like, and somehow I got the two confused. <laughs> oh, okay. Now. You like it? I now? actually do. I know it got a ton of grief. A ton of it. 
and maybe it's the separation of time and knowing in history where Disney was, you know, trying to mm -hmm. go into a mature audience. First PG-rated movie they've made. Yeah, and the first movie to ever use digital effects. Uh, that was a surprise. I actually, uh, I would say maybe the first half is a little slow. It's a little too heavy on the exposition. Hey, this is our world. Let's explain every aspect of this world. And the second half is just amazing. I, I, I had so much fun. Robert Forrester is so badass in it. All right. I saw this when I was a kid. I don't know the year. Had to have been sometime in the 80s because it came out in 79, probably on video. And I maybe saw it another time. I don't know. So I definitely had seen this once before. But I do remember the drones freaked me out. And by the way, not freaked me out to the level of uh, kinder trauma. Uh -huh. I don't. I never had kinder trauma. I, I watched Jaws and saw a guy's head float out of a boat. I saw Jaws and saw a leg sink to the bottom of the sea and the guy get bitten in half and i was six years old and i was like yeah so cynical six-year-old man what do you got next this is nothing no 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 yeah it was what do you got next but it wasn't this isn't nothing i was just like yeah i've never seen this and this is as gory as it is it's rather interesting as a six-year-old that's pretty much how i was thinking but a lot less words but this when the drones are revealed as the ex members of the crew oh that and now yeah now they're like shiny dome headed people i was like there's something when we watched this this last time i was like there's something with these drones there's something with these drones that freaked me out that creeped me out as a kid i never had dreams about them or anything but yeah and then they're revealed to be like the kind of dried up husk people that they are under the masks and dang i was like yep yeah. And I, I like this movie a lot, actually. Basically zombies. Oh, I should say this. The robots in this, I got confused with something else. I, this is so convoluted. Oh, what? I had a whole collection of books on tape. So one side was all the cassettes, and they had a story on each side of the cassette, and they had all these little thin books for kids. I got it when I was like five or six. And most of it was a Lucasfilm stuff. And one of them was a sub-story with C-3PO and R2-D2 where they go on their own adventure, and they get their ship damaged, and they go to this place called Droid World, where it's all these robots. Hmm. And it was run by okay. this crazy guy like the maximilian shell guy but he was part robotic and he was running all of them and he's going to start a revolution and destroy all humans and his r2d2 and c3 will have to stop him somehow the robots in that and the robots in black hole also i got flipped around because i kept thinking the robots the little guys that you see you know riding mcdonald's slim pickens voice i thought they were yeah. in that story and i thought the bad guy the bad droid with the you know the blade hands or whatever i thought he was the villain in droid world send in zx3 so the whole thing is just a revelation for me. So I'm so happy that we watched this. Yes, Vincent is the Roddy McDowell robot, and Old Bob is Slim Pickens, and Maximilian is named after Maximilian Shell. In fact, he was just named Maximilian with two L's, and then they hired Maximilian Shell, <laughs> and then they're like, no, just give him the one L, just drop the L. It's so funny. It's weird that he just constantly calling out his own name. It's just strange. Yeah, but... Right, right, but uh, I gotta talk about this design. Go ahead. Maximilian robot design, as I was watching it this time. And I watched some behind-the-scenes stuff about it, too. The concept art for it is exact to what we see. I don't know how, as an illustrator, I've not yet been able to do this or had the opportunity or whatever to do this where I was tasked with creating something sinister that nobody's ever seen before, not based on anything really except for maybe the shape of a human just vaguely and they did this with this thing and i don't understand how it looks so menacing but it does i can't understand it yeah it's, it's vague vaguely 
vaguely humanoid, humanoid yeah. but other than that, it's completely a brand new thing, and it looks so sinister and imposing, and it's terrifying also with its spinning hands, and it kills that scientist. Right? Oh, did that, did that freak that you? I had no idea up. that was going to happen. I had, I, I was like, Anthony Perkins at the time was probably the biggest name, right? And, and to take him out uh, halfway no, through Maximilian Shell. I think Maximilian Shell was most uh, like revered, well, but well, Anthony Perkins was starting to head towards later in his career where he's taking anything type of thing. Yeah. Yes, he's still a pretty big name because as we all love him in Psycho, he had done a ton of stuff throughout the '60s and early '70s. That we don't really know of. Right. And Disney wasn't known for casting any names. So it kind of makes sense who they cast in this. It's like, oh, these guys are affordable and people recognize them. You have Ernest Borgnine, you have Mamo, Rob Forster had been in a couple TV shows, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know where the, what's one, Sam Bottoms? Which one is this? Joseph Bottoms? Joseph. Joseph Bottoms. Joseph Bottoms. Yeah, but they don't even credit Roddy McDowell and Slim Pickens. Really? They don't credit them. See, that seems like it'd be a sellable thing, too. I absolutely adore Roddy McDowell and I love his voice work in this. Yeah, his voice work is amazing like actually both of them are good they work off of each other very well but anthony perkins gets taken out no i mean at this time my my memory is pretty good so i've they as things are unfolding i'm like going like three seconds before it's happening i'm like oh yeah yeah right and they don't take but, them out in a dizzy way they don't show any blood but the fact is that basically they're telling you that the robot takes a, a hole into yes chest. holy crap <laughs> Through a book. And the, where the gore actually is, is the book ripping to pieces. That's the stand-in for his guts being right. looped around the thing. So it's like paper flying everywhere, and you know what's happening. And it's like exactly what you said. Holy crap. You know, the only thing I don't like about this movie is Gary Nelson shoots a lot of these things very matter-of-fact. And okay, yeah. He doesn't, like... For a lot of it. Like, there's a sequence the... where they're down um, behind some barrels, and there's a bunch of robots just standing there, like, just standing there. And he just films it. <laughs> cut, 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 cut. Back to... And there's no camera movements. There's no change of angles. Right. It, it's so but... stiff, and I just have to go on, this is ridiculous. I, but dude, where the art is, is that whole last third of the movie is art. It's all beautiful art. It's insane art when they're floating around in zero G yeah. at the end, going through the black hole. And the camera's just looping around each character. And there's uh, dialogue from past scenes stuttered over each of them. Uh, something that they said. Apparently, that's supposed to signify that they're actually... Uh, feeling part of a time warp within that so they're actually feeling or experiencing those moments again but it's not clear but those scenes how they're shot it's so cool and art and i was like after 2001 and star wars everybody making a big space epic was trying to do something from either of them right and this was the 2001 scene and also by the way what the heck is up with the ending maximilian shell floating through the <laughs> yeah thing. in hell apparently <laughs> a hell dimension hold on hold on Hold on, floating through the thing, and then he bumps into Maximilian the robot, and then he's inside Maximilian yeah, the robot. Yeah, that feels like that feels like they were like, we need a sequel just in case, keep him alive. Just in case, how do you? Yeah, there's do no it? way to. He, he wasn't liquid metal; he couldn't absorb no, things. Not absorb through or anything, but like he popped open the hatch. We don't see how, but he's standing as like this ruler overlord, like like a heavy metal album cover art this overlord over a hell dimension or something and there's these slaves or minions milling about down below what yeah, yeah. i know but it's so so cool and weird 
And and I absolutely love how weird it got. The cheese ball special effects are pretty cool. Like, yeah, I was uh, gonna say anybody who complains about special effects has to remember what no, it was I'm, like. I'm back literally then. talking about the flaming hot cheese ball. Oh, I just <laughs> meant it, it felt like there's a yeah, lot of these right. scenes early on when they're like on the spaceship, just like looking around, where they're yeah. like, "Ooh, you probably shouldn't pull so close to that blue screen." Oh no, you can see the outline. No, oh, you're you're heading right. there too oh. long. It's too obvious. They built their own motion control computer camera rig okay they were gonna hire it out from lucasfilm and that was too expensive so they just built their own and theirs did something more which could move around a matte painting without it being revealed what wait is this what you're talking introvision no it wasn't it's called something else the yeah as i say well there's a thing in megaforce they created where you can walk in and around a, a matte painting which was revolution at the time so i don't know if that's the same thing we're talking about but megaforce was five years later theirs is called aces automated camera effects system interesting computerized system allowed for the camera to take double exposure photographs of the miniature models as it moves convincingly across a matte painting Hmm. i don't necessarily know what that means as far as words go i don't know what words mean (laughs) but i know what it means when i see it and what i see in the movie it's pretty dang good okay so so and you saw the same thing so yes black hole i stand by yeah it's a it's a bit of a, a slow shuffle at the beginning well here's the weirdest thing oh, but the john is, berry score is very strange it is not oh, it's like it's beautiful it's like the polar opposite creepy yeah yeah it's the polar opposite of anything that you hear in star wars or a lot of these movies um where it's this huge heroic bumper bumper you know like the um but th- well this movie did start with an overture just like star trek the motion picture did yeah. and just like uh 2001 space odyssey did and these last two motion picture and star trek and this movie were the last two movies to have an overture at the beginning and that wasn't like anything else in the movie either it didn't sound like the rest of the score but when you get to the score is it creepy or what it's amazing yeah it's it's very unique for this genre this mini genre what's next because i can't believe we're going this long it's my fault <laughs> black hole is really good people i wouldn't have expected me to think so i guess what's next you tell me i don't remember uh no it's k-r-u-l-l crawl oh yeah crawl on a distant planet a great kingdom was ravaged by beings who came from the future to conquer the universe now the only survivors follow a doubtful seer and a throneless king. They will hold her in the Black Fortress. You must have help. Thieves, bandits, fighters and brawlers. Desperate men. Those are the kind of men I need. Well, you heard him. We are now an army. <laughs> At the end of an impossible journey, they must fight an invincible enemy. Here's the knowledge you seek. I shall be your king. In the fortress, you will face more than the slayers. What is about to happen to them could never have happened on Earth. Columbia Pictures presents a world apart from anything you have seen before. Crawl. Okay, I made a huge mistake dis- uh, discussing Crawl on Trash Cinema. K-R-U-L-L. All right, stop it. <laughs> oh, no, wait, wait. What? I had a friend who was in a band oh. called Schizophrenic Chihuahua, and they had a song called K-R-U-L-L Crawl. 
And that's basically all they did. But anyway, that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> an homage to him. I made the mistake of discussing this two years ago in Trash Cinema with someone who just didn't get the movie. And I thought that he was so much younger and cynical to any... Oh, this is terrible because the special effects aren't very good. You know, the kind of people who say oh, Tron is terrible. The problem based. with this is that they don't even... Okay, the special effects are really great in this except for the blue screen. It should have just been back projection. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Or maybe that matte I don't know what they're thinking technology. about that. This is what the, one of the most expensive movies ever made and it was a huge flop. Wasn't it like $45 million or something? something like yes. that and 45 million at the time and they're trying all sorts of new special effects that have never been done before and 1983 I, I think they hold up very well i think it's a high adventure i i love the fact that it combines sword and sorcery with fantasy sci-fi and yeah. i keep it is it's it, but it is but it doesn't fail like what's that movie your where they just i think <laughs> yeah i was gonna bring it up in relation to this <laughs> You're the hunter of the future. We have to give some context. No, you're, you're the, the hunter of the future, future, not me. No, you're the hunter <laughs> of the future. <laughs> Let's do this for five more hours. <laughs> you're the hunter of the future is... I, I did an episode. If you guys want to listen to it, it's on What Did We Just Watch. Just go over to What Did We Just Watch. Hunt for your, Y-O-R, the hunter of the future, and you'll hear about how it's all sorts of terrible. <laughs> but that movie really was also one of these influenced by Star Wars movies with... Future people being very analog to the Empire. So there's like stormtroopers, but now in black yeah. armor. Well, we also remember, I armor. think a lot of people forget that fantasy was a phenomenon throughout the 70s and it just kept building and building and building to a point where we could actually put it on I film. Think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy novels and, and teen stuff like D&D and whatever. But movie wise, they just started chipping in in the late 70s, early 80s. By this time, they were full swing. So Krull, your yours bad. Also, it's Reb Brown. <laughs> Reb, who only knows how to scream awkwardly at things. <laughs> it's really bad. Once you get to the Star Wars stuff in that movie, it's it feels more interesting, but it's also just really stupid. Yeah. Well, the this one, I think, and, and Ken Marshall's the lead in this, and I don't know whatever happened to that guy. Here's a problem. I don't know, but he's super charismatic. Yeah, it, it, the problem is, I think a lot one. of these movies, you know, uh, they would cast a bland lead, and all the support is great. And you never, that's why, the oh, and right, usually yeah. the lead never goes anywhere. Which so was surprised to me that Ken Marshall doesn't really have much of a career, because he is very charming in this movie. Yeah, so he did do Marco Polo miniseries, but that was contemporary to this. Actually, he came from oh, Marco you know, I've Polo seen that. to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's it. And he hadn't done anything four years later something else. So, let's look at the actors here. Lisette Anthony was her first role. She was 17. She was dubbed really? by uh, yeah, by Lindsay Krauss because the producers were idiots and said, we want an international audience. And unless she sounded like, you know, my fair lady. Right. The Rhine and Spy. Okay, so is, is this a common practice in the 80s? I feel like I hear this all the time. There's movies. You heard that with Mad Max. Yeah. And you and, heard and, that with this movie. And Tarzan. Uh, Grace Stoke, I mean, they oh. did that with. And I feel like there's another one they did it with. They did it with, uh, dang, some sword and sorcery movie where they dubbed the guy's voice. I can't remember what it was. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. But it feels like that was Conan. a common practice where they took a guy but and they did that with her and she's oh. just a british lady and i yeah. don't know it was harvey keitel yeah. on saturn three they dubbed his voice oh yeah that's because it's harvey keitel yeah, it's new, new york in space where are you from new york <laughs> new york space new york mars it's a neighborhood right sorry so they dubbed her voice because they wanted the american audience to 
respond well to her. Like, stupid, it's sword sorcery, it's fantasy, it's Star Wars-y, shut up. Just let them have their voices. So, Freddie Jones, who is in Dune. Liam Neeson, very young Liam Neeson, Robbie Coltrane. Yes, Liam Neeson, Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane has less lines than Liam Neeson. But, yeah, it's this beast thing come from outer space. So, I've seen this movie a lot. Yeah. And the last time I watched it, I only finally realized, because I do a lot of autopilot viewing of old favorites which is i don't think about it when i watch i just watch just for the adventure or uh-huh. whatever and i don't really think about it and i didn't realize that this was just a sword and sorcery planet and then from outer space comes weird beast star wars bad guy he's an alien and lands on this planet and tries to take the princess so that he can i don't know and then take over the land i don't know it feels video game still don't know does, the does that yeah but at the same uh, time well, does it feel like it's too dense that. why did audiences reject this i don't understand is it too late because it's a little flat it's boring okay i don't there's there's like a 20 minute lull of yeah Mm. okay okay so um you watch the lord of the rings and uh, there's like these really beautiful sweeping shots of them walking around Gotcha. So do you think it's the Raiders of the Lost Ark effect that changed everything? Where everything, you know, there had to be an action sequence every 20 minutes? Like, just something Mm. build build and burn. Build and burn. Well, it was 83 right after, so yes. Yeah, 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 probably. So that's the problem with it. This is one of the, to me, perfect Sleepy Saturdays. Yeah. Because you put it on, you might doze during it, you might not, but whatever point you wake up during or you're that you're paying attention to you're gonna be fine it it has some really good creepy uh, i love the side stop motion not the, the cyclops i love that character well i was gonna say stop motion uh animation oh the spider. the spider the spider which also seems like caravan of courage star wars ewok adventure saw this scene and used it in that movie right i forgot about that one i've seen the, I've seen the second one like a million times because we taped it off tv that was the first thing we ever recorded off vhs by the way uh battle for endor yep. i don't recall ever seeing that one that was the one where the big brother gets killed first yep. right yeah see I, that's the sequel Findle. So the, the first one they have this part where they have to get something or go through a cave or something and there's this big spider and it's not crystalline but it's still a big spider and also from Dune is Lady Jessica, the woman who played Lady Jessica oh, okay. in Dune. Francesca Anise, I do believe. Yes. The other thing could be the fact that Peter Yates only did this as a, a lark. Like, oh, I've never done one of these kind of movies. That's why I'm going to do it. And sometimes that can be bad. Sure. I mean, something can be interesting because you're taking a director who's not used to it and using their skills in this. And I don't think he is technically made. Yes, I know he made Bullet. Bullet's boring, people. It has a great car chase. Bullet's boring. It's No, it doesn't. It has a very dull car chase. and We've never seen cars go on that street before and bust up their axles that's it yeah that's the only thing that but, brought to us and maybe that's it's why they went amazing. to him but he doesn't know how to shoot he's not an action movie kind of guy so it's sure. maybe that's why he doesn't shoot it the way that you expected but right. i want to say my favorite sequence in this is a laughable sequence it's uh when uh they're in the uh the swamp and one dude's yes. sinking, and you can clearly see the, like, reach for it! He goes, no, I'm okay. No, seriously, there's a stick right here, a bag. Grab onto it. No, I'm all right. Just keep going without me. No, seriously, you're going to die. I'm all, I just need to take a rest. Just go on. I don't really want to. I just expected him to pretend that he was drowning, and, like, I'm not going onto this thing to the castle where everybody's getting killed. Screw that. Because <laughs> there's no reason why uh, he didn't just reach out and save himself. I'm all right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So, Krull, I say watch it, but it's not a... 
perfect I, movie. It's just got some moments of lull. I am annoyed but, that all the special features were dropped and it was released on Blu-ray by Mill Creek. How hard is uh, it? Yeah. If Mill Creek, I mean, it, it, Sony owns those right, you know, the 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 special features. Why not just re-release it on Blu-ray in a better quality picture with some commentary? That you already have the stuff. Just blew it, throw it on the Blu-ray. Damn it. What do you think about the weapon? So Star Wars has the lightsaber. This movie has the doesn't glaive and a fire hand. Yeah, but they don't the glaive. I think the showdown is a little bit of a dud just because of the way the special effects are shot. And two, the glaive doesn't seem as powerful as it's, it's talked about. Like, I expected something major. I was like, oh, all right. Just like, oh, it's just kind of a saw. Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> it looks cool. It just kind of saws away at the guy's armor yeah. and then chips it. And then he goes, oh, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so the, the beast's uh, character design is pretty impressive it's something we hadn't seen before I, the whole inside is very geigery yeah sort of. if i remember correctly well, well, they did not shoot it like was planned slimy. at all so it kind of hid a lot of what the costume was oh yeah so what do you think watch it don't oh hell yeah watch it it's especially for the <laughs> fact that why did this bomb this is a very you know there's a lot of movies that tank in this time period and it makes sense this is the one that yeah. always throws me for a loop like it shouldn't have done like great but it should have at least broke even steven okay wow we ended 1984 it's basically Nick the end Castles. isn't it basically the end of no nah, sort of i mean you have the italian stuff there's a few more there's even that like australian one with carrie fisher oh is that really a star warsy time guardian uh it try, yeah it tries to be well it cashes in on like the, the whole sort of modular armor sort gotcha. of thing I thought... and, and how she is like present oh, yeah and she's actually it's just a small part in the movie i think okay okay but for when remember, it comes to but, studios but, putting money behind movies that are greenlit because of the success of well, star wars okay Georgia. after this it was masters of the universe oh no you that, got me you win you win that's that's that definitely was, that was probably the last but previous to that was the last starfighter Alex Rogan lives in a small trailer park in the California mountains. He has a dream to go to college. You guys think I'm going to hang out here and watch you shine your pickup? Forget it, man. I'm doing something with my life. Start a career. You really are leaving here, aren't you? Of course I'm going away. We're both going away. Both of us, Alex. And most of all, to get out. You get your chance. The important thing is when it comes, you got to grab it with both hands. Then... One night, a mysterious stranger offers Alex an opportunity he never dreamed of. Who are you? I'm Centauri, and you may... No, you must trust me implicitly. Get in. Nothing Alex Rogan has ever imagined could prepare him for what he is about to experience. Uh -huh. Hey! Why was Alex chosen? And will he ever return? Where are we going? Trust me. Oh, you're gonna love it. Here. Starfighter. His adventure in space is about to begin. Play the music play the in my head. <laughs> the shape. The Halloween first movie shape. Michael Myers directed this movie. And I what I heard is that he lives in Kingsport, Tennessee, which is where my wife is from. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what we heard. That's cool. And actually we did go to a mom and pop eatery down there and there was uh Michael Myers photo signed by him so i think that it's probably true oh, okay yeah anyway uh lance guest from jaws 4 i'm joking <laughs> he's lance guest from last starfighter from halloween he's 2 come on 
Was he really? Yeah, he's the hero oh. in Halloween 2. Oh, sorry. And that's probably how that he knows once? Nick Castle. Yeah, I saw that once and I didn't care for it. I know, him. you don't really like the, the Halloween series. Not really. First one's fine. Third one's okay. That's all. What is this? Tell me. It's uh, basically, you know, there's a lot of bits and pieces that feel Star Wars-y in this, so it's hard to ignore. He's the chosen one, in a way, uh, where he is... uh, This is one of the few movies where I've seen it where it shows a trailer park, like a full-on livable trailer park that has a gift shop, you know, uh, a laundry. You know, the trailer parks in movies usually look like these run-down piece-of-crap dumps. And a lot of times, it's just vacationers and people who just don't... I lived in a trailer park for two years. It's completely different than what they usually film. Is this movie accurate? It's close. We didn't have a gift shop, but we had a, a real office and we had a laundromat with, you know, um, uh, shower facilities on one side and then a, a, like a small convenience machines on the outside, like for snacks and drinks and stuff like that. And it's closer to reality instead of everybody being a scumbag. A lot of people are just retirees or just poor, but they're not... Just because you're poor doesn't mean you're trash. Right. So, yeah, it's closer and... He's a kid who wants to go to college, he wants to get out of there, and he doesn't get accepted, and he basically burns through his anxiety and stress about, you know, being a dead-end kid by playing this video game, and he ends up racking up a million points. And soon after, he gets a notification from the, well, not notification, it didn't come in the mail, but the guy comes in, he's like, you are the champion of this game, I want to take you up into space and become a real starfighter. And wait, is the game that he's playing called Starfighter? Or is it called Last Starfighter? Because if it's called Last it's Starfighter, called Starfighter, okay, thank goodness, because I couldn't remember Last Starfighter. I'd be a little too reading into it. <laughs> hey, kid, we knew everybody was gonna die, so we just had to cover our bases. But basically, takes him up into space and shows him the whole academy of people, and all of the logic of look. First off, where did you did you steal the money from the academy to build these video games and send them around the world? And two, just because he's good at a game doesn't mean he knows how to actually fly a plane. I mean, he didn't or not steal a plane, the space. money. He was commissioned to it. Was he? But I couldn't then, remember that. You know, he, no, he was commissioned to it. There, are, there are plenty of starfighters that he he recruited that way. But uh, I think by that time he's old, long of the tooth. He's an older guy by that time. Yeah. And they were just like. Yeah, okay, this is an old program. Yeah, I forgot Let's also just get down to business. they mentioned that he was he not supposed to go as far as Earth because it was too far away. Yes, it was out it, of their sector. It was sector. too far away and he's okay. like, Well the galaxy, the galaxy includes Earth. Come on. Yeah. And yeah. Robert Preston is the, the the guy who developed the games and went he's basically like a, a pro scout in, in sports. Yeah. And he yeah. is absolutely magnificent in this. I love him so much. Centauri, was that his name? Centauri? Yes. Centauri. And dealing with the, the fact that there's a language barrier, you had to put in these earpieces, which they never do in these movies. I love that. But he realizes he's in over his head and, and decides to get out and goes back to Earth. Most of the space station where they train is destroyed, but he's back on Earth. But he's had a replacement there, that which is a, yes, a lot of comedy. Yes, the replacement is really good. That whole concept, I think, were reshoots. Some of it were reshoots. That's why his hair looks weird. Okay, okay. But... I think that works really well for it because he's a beta unit, right? Which is a blank who takes on, let's say, Michael, if you had a beta unit and you had to go out of town, you'd use this beta unit. You just like, he would shake your hand and shock you and get your DNA and whatever and then mirror you, look like you. Yeah. Well, this is a beta unit right now. I hope you understand that. The real Michael's what? taking a nap. Yeah. I've been hosting this show for like two years now. You didn't know this? No. Oh my God. That's I'm a sorry. very I long I nap. You. Yes. Well, he's, you might be in a coma. I should probably check on him. 
Yeah, he should. <laughs> the stench alone. Should. Woo! Right. Are you sure he's not dead? <laughs> well, taking over his life now. Ha <laughs> uh, You are now, Michael. So, so, so it's the transformation's really gross, and I love it. Where his face is forming, uh-huh. and it was really, oh, the really pulsating. gross. Yeah, the, the pulsating and, and the rawness around the eyeballs without any eyelids—it's just really great. His little brother is really. Uh, so when we watch this, this was one of the movies where my parents would always do. <sighs> really. Every time the little the little brother would talk, because he was crap on it, and like he was rude, so my parents would always be like, <sighs> "Wow." <sighs> Disapproving noises. Right? Disapproving noises. This one tightly wound. Like, compared to my family, this is so different. <laughs> yes, it's true, though. Disapproving noises. <sighs> Ugh, it was so annoying. I'm like, I get it. This kid's a little jerk. You don't want me to be like this little jerk. I got it. I don't like this kid. I think he's funny now. Yeah. But I don't like him, and I don't want to emulate him. Why are you parents always weirded out about kids watching other <laughs> kids in movies and emulation? And That's bizarre. Yeah. I'm my own man. That never, that never happened when I was man. a kid. My parents never thought he's going to copy that. Hold on a second. The real Michael's waking up. Michael, go back to bed, or I'll tell mom about your Playboys. Go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> hey, if you don't know what he just did, go watch Last Starfighter. Then you'll know. <laughs> Wait, I'm not going to explain it any further. That yeah. was good, Michael. Um, um, it, Michael. Thank you, Bacon Michael. Um, Bacon. Yeah, I don't know if um, you want My name's Bacon. <laughs> Bikel. Bikel. <laughs> I don't want, I don't think you want to be the beta. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> beta unit. Yeah, okay, so the beta unit doesn't know how to kiss. That's pretty fun. All those things are fun, but then... The laugh. How Catherine Mary Stewart's in this, and she's great, always. But she is, she is kind of a backseater to this. She's not very forward in a lot of movies it seems she's always like a side character but she's always great as the yeah side well i mean the smaller the movie the bigger the lead i think I, she did a, a few independent movies of course i think the biggest one being night of the calm where she was leading she was strong in that but did, yeah, she did seem definitely. like she was oh she's a good actress but like helen slater where where slater. where when she was ever like a support like the girlfriend uh the office girl you know whatever they're always like well they're good but they didn't give much to work with right right so here she has more calm Comedy to work with, but she doesn't have the action stuff to work with. Which uh, I always wanted to have a sequel where they did have a family kind of. Oh yeah, space. Son of Starfighter. I've, I've been dreaming of this forever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it could be daughter. I don't care. But, okay, um, whatever. Yeah, that works. I, I, yeah, I don't care. I was thinking star- son too. Last Starfighter Legacy. <laughs> oh wait, there he did that. Yeah, Last yeah. Starfighter, the next generation. Crap, he did that too. <laughs> the Starfighter Bunch. The Starfighter Bunch. <laughs> Lost in space, basically. Centauri is basically uh, Alice. <laughs> oh, gosh. No. No, I refuse. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan O'Hurley, he is in this, and that's really cool, too. Speaking of another Halloween yeah. alum. It's so hard he's... to act under makeup like that. He does a But a he emotes job. so oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. He he's uh, he's Grig. He's the turtle head dude. He's basically a turtle head at, on a humanoid body, pretty much. He's. he's I hope you understand that he did fall in love with a human woman later, and he had four children: Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it had. That's the secret of the ooze. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Ew. Ooze. Bah. You're giving me some good material (laughs) to work with. Well, I'm actually on for once. Usually, I don't know what's wrong. I'm usually just tired and I can't do this. But I decided that we need to go 
go big or go home, or other cliches stupid boys say. Um, so, the plot is literally the Empire is trying to take over the galaxy. And there's a little bit of subtext to it. I guess it's better to not focus on that while you're making the movie and just, like, focus on the kid adventure. Uh-huh. But the subtext is the villain is mad at his dad. <laughs> he's like i'm not listening to you anymore but he's very theatrical british and his dad's like i i you go back to your room i love him in this (laughs) i love big performances that i don't know some people are like oh he's too hammy he's too theatrical i'm like yeah what do you want stiff and boring i loved his performance yeah norman snow i have no idea who that is actor's name what else has he been in because i've literally i have no idea who he is yeah, he's uh, in a Next Generation episode. He's yeah. in Quantum Leap but, episode. He's but nothing a, that we really know. Actor. Okay, gotcha. No, nothing. Um, so uh, here's the subtext that I saw in it: is it's about a massive corporation taking on an innovative company and basically destroys it. And the last Starfighter with his new, you know, technology. Uh, I don't want to say the word innovative again, but I'm going to. His innovative idea basically cuts through and gets past these old ideas and, and, and brain-dead thoughts of massive corporations and cuts right through them. That's deeper than what I had. I had, like, kid angry at dad. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying yours is inaccurate or anything, but that's a way to look at it. Yeah. Mine is so simple. Kid mad at dad. Uh, Daddy issues. <laughs> this science fiction movie. Well, it has more than a lot of these movies do. I, sometimes I reflect back on this, like some of these old sci-fi films. Like, oh no, it's just basically everything you see right on a sleeve. You don't have to think about it at all. The other thing that's really interesting about this movie is that it didn't use any models. It used computer-generated effects. Okay, so the sets when you're on Rylos is very minimalist style. And the reason why it's minimalist style is so that it reflects the design of the starships. So that everything on Rylos is minimal. The starships use less polygons so that your computer can handle rendering it. So it processes it faster. But I like the, the clean job done. It's a clean design of a lot of it because what the cliche after Star Wars was everything had to look like it was lived in. And yeah, well, it, that's you see that's a give and take though. I like lived in because it's it's true. Now we watched Solo and and the uh, Millennium Falcon is pristine, and I was like, why is the ceiling dirty in the new ones in the later ones? Why? why? And then I realized Chewbacca. Yeah, <laughs> his hair just. <laughs> Chewbacca's a dirty dog, and I have a dirty dog that messes up my house all the time, and I constantly have to sweep up after him. So, I got it. I realized that. I was like, oh yeah, Chewbacca. And he's really tall, so that's why the ceiling's dirty. (laughs) So, anyway, my point is, lived in looks and feels more relatable. So, when it's absolutely pristine and you walk into a brand new hospital, it doesn't really look welcoming or alive, or like people are here. Yeah, and, but, but this they're not living there. This is an academy. It's supposed to be pristine. It's the same thing it would be in the military. It would have to be absolutely tip-top shape, cleaned up, and I think it works for this. It also helps because, like you said, with the special effects, it's not just the ships, though. The way that they showed... You know how when they, they always have a scene in these kind of movies where, like, this is the battle we're going to have. This is the villain right here. I don't know why I turned to yes. Admiral Akbar. But their special effects are different. They're, they're not like the hologram style. Well, there is a hologram thing later with the villain, but in order to show those... The way they do, I think you need to have a very clean set with not a lot of distractions in order to get the visuals to come across. I don't, I don't mind it. I just would like maybe like a tube sock over a door handle. <laughs> there, maybe. Hey, uh, we're all gonna die tomorrow. I gotta get some action in. <laughs> Squid lady is looking at me funny. I like it. <laughs> a certain kind of alien had the same hairdo, men or women. That so was weird. Be like a 
totally foxy looking lady except she has like the old middle-aged man hairdo <laughs> it's just really great i love the design too the, of the ships uh yes obviously they've aged because digital effects have changed but that doesn't take away from the cool you know the develop how would you call that the schematics or whatever how do you design a ship whatever i i love the way it looks i still think though <laughs> that whole thing what's the the death blossom if yeah if i was in that ship you know he could at least they show that he's shaken up for a little bit you would just hear me like where the hell am i <laughs> all over the place you would have zero g puke floating around <laughs> in your smacking me in the face oh god <laughs> I need a shower. I can just imagine you like trying to dodge each little blob of puke with your head after you realize that it's floating around. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a very good one. It, it has story template that is taken from the Star Wars concept. It has the multi-alien concept where there's a scene where there's tons and tons of people in masks or uh, animatronic tentacle feet. Yeah, whatever. they do not skimp on this. And and I, I think they're the, not the greatest designs. No, but they're pretty good. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like a Corman film. I, I, like I just watched Battle Beyond the Stars and Space Raiders, and Ugh. you can just see like, oh, he yeah, he really cut the corners on this one. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lorimar put so, some money into this, thinking it was going to be. I think they really thought it was going to be a franchise, and it did okay. But back then, oh okay just doesn't cut it whereas today it seems like oh this movie lost 100 million dollars let's, let's do a sequel yeah, dude the the best aliens on this were the assassins i think oh yeah they were great but that's a, were the, the sub story a lot of these movies the sub story is kind of a waste and i thought yeah, i thought the earth, great yeah i thought the earth story this was one is a motivator to get him back out there because he comes back and then he's like what and he's confronted with all this stuff and then there's the assassination attempt and he's got to confront his own beta and he's like what 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 it is a motivation and that is a testament to nick castle yeah and jonathan r betuel that's the guy's name who wrote it. Those guys. Why do you think Lance Guest did not have a career after this? Because $24 million in 1984 isn't nothing money. But for some reason, wow. he just didn't. It's like the way it was with Zach Galligan and like Michael Perret, where yeah. they thought that so. it wasn't about the actor. It was about the concept. It could have, it could have been anybody in, in the executive's heads. Yeah, probably. Okay, that's kind probably of Probably that. But I always liked him as Alex Rogan. Yeah, Alex Rugen was a really charismatic kid. He because he, he wasn't even trying to be charismatic. He was just relatable. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So, Last Starfighter is an absolute must. Can I tell you that I saw this in a triple feature at the drive-in with Star Trek Three and Ice Pirates? Wow. Yep. So you got your favorite Star Trek movie, a very bad, also semi knockoff of Star Wars. Thank God we didn't go there. But if you want to go there, also go back to what did we just watch? Because we covered it. There. Yeah, it was just and for me. At seven, it's Ice Pirates. Yeah, seven. That was the greatest triple feature of all time. Yeah, that's a really good one. And I stayed awake, which never happened before. Triple features. Well, we went to one. I think the year before was an Eddie Murphy triple feature, and I was out after. I didn't watch 48 Hours. I know that. I made it through Trading Places and Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, that's a really good feature. That's the only time it's ever happened. I've only ever been to two triple features, and, and it's those two. Huh. Good for you. I'm feeling proud right now, everybody. I'm standing like Captain America. <laughs> Super nerd! Very right. chuffed you be. All right, so... Uh, so should we make an uh, announcement? I, We're... Yeah, I think, I think I'm just going to pop up here and there on guest appearances, and that's it, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're doing one last episode before we go on like hiatus, where we're going to do teen movies from the 80s. He's selecting the four movies, because that's going to be a spinoff. I don't want to give away the name oh, just oh, yet. Okay, okay, yes. Because yeah, I don't want to ask yeah, him to so, steal it. No, it's a good one. It's 
going to be a, yes, a foreshadowing or a teaser of what is to come with your future spinoff. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. So, I mean, it's, that, it's, that'll it's, be it. Yeah, and it's, so, what I'm saying is my, my appearances are no longer going to be edited by me. Yes. I'm going to take care of the editing. You're going to hop in and out because you got this huge thing now with, mention it. Grumpire.com. So what is Grumpire? It's Elby, my wife, your friend. She wanted to have a place where you can just say what you want about movies without, uh, as, as in articles, not like a Twitter or anything. But say what you want about whatever movies. It could be positive, it could be negative. Typically, we're going to like teeter on the positive side. Uh, or like, did you know about this crazy movie? Or here's what I think about this guy. You know, that sort of thing. And not have people have to censor themselves. Because when it comes to movies, there's a lot of high school politics, it seems, with yeah. movies. If you don't like a certain type of thing, or if you do like a certain type of thing, you must be You're a racist. racist. Oh my god, yeah. you went to the same thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, I thought Black Panther was okay. You're a racist. Exactly. I like most of it. So, I just didn't like the ending, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we're allowing for open discourse like that from our writers. And if you're a writer and you want to pitch, go to grumpire.com or at grumpire online on twitter and you can pitch a story that you want to do so that's what we do but our we have a spin-off podcast of grumpire as well and that's a little bit different the concept is the guest would bring us a movie that the that is very popular that they don't like for whatever reason we discuss that but that's just crap talking podcast no big deal there who cares about that everybody does that so we have the alternate a similar movie or a movie that follows a similar theme or in some way relates to the first movie that they didn't like but that they do like uh-huh. And we discuss that and how they relate. Oh, oh, you got to have me on. I, I can't stand Top Gun, but I love Iron Eagle. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if Ellie wants to do that one. But okay. I'm never going to watch Top Gun. I can't do yeah, it. Can't. Oh, oh, you mean you have to watch the movie. Okay, shit, crap. I didn't think about that. Yeah, Top Gun's brutal. I can never watch it again. No, no, I'm um, never. I, I just refuse to watch Top Gun forever and ever. Okay, so there's that. So basically, uh, I want to thank Andrew for five years. I, I think we only took like two small breaks over the yeah. five years. Put a, and, and a lot of that was necessary. I was burnt out for one. You had a huge project for another. Yeah. And I mean, the show is going to continue in one way or another. I was thinking maybe doing shorter seasons where it's thematic. Oh, yeah. That would you know, be where good. We, like, I mean, that's what that's just the next one is. It's, it's basically teen movies from the 80s and 90s. We'll do a chunk about the 80s. Then we'll take some time off. Go back to video night for a little bit. Then teen movies of the 90s. But it'll be fun to like do maybe a season where we discuss like oh we go like on a quotation marks world tour you know we do movies that are set in certain places like hmm. new orleans and and britain and australia japan okay you know we do we do a handful of those and that's one season like a chunk huh. and then we take another break right, stop, and we can do stop, maybe stop what 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 i'm throwing you're, ideas you're tilting man. your hand you don't want people to steal your podcast ideas shut up about them what? No, come on! It's still video night. I mean, it's the spinoffs of that. We're not—they're gonna—we didn't say the name. Everybody, there's no concept in podcasting that's probably not been taken already, and will be appropriated by a massive corporation with tons of advertising money that will drown us eventually. Yeah, hopefully that would be cool. It'll only happen. Those are ideas. It'll happen actually when I leave, <laughs> and yeah. then I'll be like, video- what? But <laughs> so that's what's going on. Video night is still alive. It's just changing. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be around less. There you go. Yes. All right. Except I get your beta unit. I'll get your beta yeah, unit. Yeah, okay. You can... Right, well, my beta unit is named John, and he's really... Oh, my small. God! Video night! <laughs> beta edition! Beta edition! Ah, <laughs> that might be good. Okay. Until the teen episode. Au revoir, people. All right. Have a good night. Video night.
I was taken aboard their space boat. 